the same asylum with Giuseppe the G man. Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Listen, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo woo! $30? What do you need $20 for? Oh, I can't believe my own signings demanded my last $10. Help! Police! A madman is trying to kill me over $5. You'll be hearing from my lawyer about that $50 you still owe me. Oi, vey, Goyim!
think there's a resurgence of anti-Semitism because at this point in time, Europe has not yet learned how to be multicultural. And I think we're going to be part of the throes of that of that transformation, which must take place. Europe is not going to be the monolithic uh, uh, societies that they once were in the last century. Jews are going to be at the center of that. It's a huge transformation for Europe to make. They are now going into a multicultural mode, and Jews will be resented because of our leading role. But without that leading role and without that transformation, Europe will not survive. And the one idea is how we are going to exterminate white people because that in my estimation is the only conclusion I have come to. We have to exterminate white people off of the face of the planet to solve this problem. There are two issues at the top of our agenda at the very moment. Uh, one is the unbelievably important immigration debate in this country. To make sure that immigrants from around the world, particularly those from south of our border, have a chance here. My concern is, uh, is doing away with whiteness. Whiteness is a form of racial oppression, sure. The suggestion is that it is somehow possible to separate whiteness from oppression, and it is not. There can be no white race. Essentially what you're saying is that in these both you're together with uh, both Muslims uh, yes, yes, yes. and people of other and, and, and uh, we see ourselves together, uh, fighting together with uh, our Muslim brothers who, are, who want a free Europe, who want a peaceful Europe, who want to uh, integrate like our forefathers integrated in Western Europe 100 and 200 years ago, and uh, they are our natural allies. Quel est l'objectif? Ça va faire parler. Mais l'objectif, c'est relever le défi du métissage. Défi du métissage que nous adresse le 21e siècle. Ce n'est pas un choix. C'est une obligation. C'est un impératif. On ne peut pas faire autrement. AJC has always worked on the premise that as a minority, um, our security, our strength, our well-being in America is interdependent with those of other minorities. This is a Jewish issue. It is very much a Jewish issue. The Honourable Gentleman says that he's going to take in uh, 20,000 refugees over five years. The Germans took in 10,000 on one day. What kind of comparison is that? I recognize the financial problems. I recognize the assimilation problems. But if we don't do it now, we will live to regret it for the rest of our lives. The message from my constituents in a huge post bag and in every event I attended in my constituency the weekend is, let them in. Last week, Hyas organized a letter signed by over 1,200 rabbis. Can you imagine getting 1,200 rabbis to agree on one thing? But agree they did. And what they agreed was to ask our elected officials not to halt or even to limit the United States Refugee Admissions Program. And it's not just Hyas. Jewish organizations of all kinds across the spectrum of Judaism are issuing statements in support of refugees. These have included the Orthodox Union, the U.S. Holocaust Memorial Museum, and so many of the Jewish organizations that you've heard are co-sponsors of this event this evening. Pius works 
with affiliates throughout the United States, and so many of those affiliates are partnering with local Muslim organizations. Um, I've always believed that Britain is a country of migrants. I'm Jewish. Um, some of my family came in the late 19th century. Um, I'm Sephardi uh, on my mother. Never get ready. 
White America, wake the fuck up! White America, wake the fuck up! Yes, please do. <clears throat> Allergy season, pollen. Please, White America, wake the fuck up! Welcome everyone to episode number one hundred and twenty-nine of the Sane Asylum. It is April twelfth, twenty twenty-three. I'm your host, Giuseppe Vafangulo. Some call me the G-Man. And while we're waiting for our honored guest, author Chris Kasky, of his remarkable book, The War Against Goyam, Chris is uh, in New Zealand, and hopefully um, <clears throat> he'll be joining us shortly. He was uh, good to go last time we spoke a day or so ago. So anyway, uh, I guess the first order of business is to uh, uh, tell you about the new schedule that's beginning next week for your Gumbadi Giuseppe. So tomorrow, Thursday, Saint Asylum is the final Thursday, Saint Asylum, and oh, we're bringing back the brilliant Paul Tapetti, uh, the the driving force of uh, <clears throat> the great band, protest band P Poker Face, seven to nine p.m. And then we're gonna discuss. He's into a lot of amazing things. You know, most of science is nothing but scientism materialistic uh, lies by the oligarchs and the satanic parasites to try and drive you into believing their limited view of reality space and time and so paul has gotten into some uh, really amazingly interesting things for a decade or more now uh, as well as uh, frequency sound and energy for healing and the whole idea of what the ancients were really doing with the pyramids so that'll be a great show as well as uh, he's into natural healing. So we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. So that's the final Thursday show. And why is that? Well, the good people at RBN are happy with uh, the Sane Asylum Sunday night. It turns out that uh, the Sunday night Sane Asylum is the second highest rated show of the entire weekend on RBN, second only to the great Robert Rayvold and Incendiary Radio. So they said, well, you know, people like you, you want to do two hours? And I'm just like, sure, well, I can do two hours Sunday. So beginning next week, Giuseppe's new show schedule is as follows. Wednesday, Hump Day, Sane Asylum. That'll be 6 to 8 p.m., just like if you're tuned in live now. That nothing changes. Friday is the perfect triangle, noon to 2, so we can have all the European guests not have to stay up and do a caffeine suppository to be able to seem halfway intelligent at three in the morning. And the new time is uh, uh, beginning April 23rd, which is Sunday the uh, uh, of April, will be 9 to 11 p.m., two hours um, on RBN and Speak Free Radio uh, combined. So that's um, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday is Giuseppe's new schedule, and that, that kicks off next week. So that's pretty cool. So 
I guess this is a little little uh, unexpected to have Chris not pop in, but he may pop in any moment now. You never know. He's a busy guy, and he works. And so maybe he's caught in traffic, or maybe they kicked in his door. Any country that would install a, a bizarre-looking, could be a tranny in uh, Jacinda Arden. Some people claim she's just a freakishly ugly uh, um, crack addict because I've seen those videos of her smoking a crack pipe and getting getting high as fuck um, and really a professional in handling the pipe. And uh, over the years, old Giuseppe is, is, is uh, being a musician has seen people smoke crack. I never have. I knew that that was uh, uh, too powerful a drug to even try once. But I've watched crack people with their pipes and seeing her on that video, she has done that many, many times. So there's some claim that she gave birth, that she's just an incredibly butt-ugly, horse-faced um, uh, New Zealander, but you never know. Uh, maybe she is a tranny. I mean, there's so many of them around. It's unbelievable. So hopefully Chris is all right and uh, we'll, we'll be arriving from him shortly. So I guess in the short term, what shall we do? What shall we do? This is a little, little, uh, let's take a look. I, I've been saving some clips for this upcoming Sunday's The Sane Asylum. Maybe we should burn one or two of those. And um, I guess if uh, Chris it doesn't show up in the next couple of minutes, we'll, we'll turn it into a call-in show too. So I guess let's give him a couple of minutes yet and see uh, uh, what he wants to do. Um, okay, let's look at... Uh, 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 all right. Yeah, the most shocking thing to me is the this satanic madness. That this has absolutely never been more obvious that this is a war <clears throat> of good. Again, apologies for the the allergy stuff. It's pretty bad, man. It's just exploding uh, the trees and the flowers and everything. It's just uh, it's a beautiful day today. Eighty five. It's very early spring. I mean, we basically didn't have a winter. It's really something else. You won't hear me complaining. I lived through the two greatest two-season snowfalls in Wisconsin's history, 77, 78, and 07, 08, and I was there for all four of those seasons, and man, was that brutal. It was just snow after snow. It got to a point where you didn't even know where to put it. You know, you have uh, powerful gas snowblowers, and then you're you're you know in, in living in the city of Milwaukee, there's alleys and all that, and you're trying to keep the alleys clear and blow uh, blow the um, the snow high, and you get to about 15, 18 feet, and you can't go any higher. That's the all the power the, and this is a gas big uh, you know three stage snowblower. This isn't a little electric thing. This is the real deal we used to have, and and the um, you know, eventually you can't go any higher, so you start shrinking the alleys and shrinking the streets, and eventually it got so bad. <laughs> it's like everything was like a one-lane friggin', especially in the alleys. They never plow the alleys. They they plow the streets eventually, but, yeah, that was... Uh, so having this, um, this uh, winter not seeing one snowflake here in rural Stafford County was really amazing, and uh, the only thing that was kind of a little sad is uh, our puppy Wolfgang didn't get, they love snow when they're puppies and he never got to see any snow. But 
I'm sure next winter we'll probably come back to normal and uh, he'll have plenty of uh, of stream. Oh, I just got a note. Did they take down the the uh, the rumble stream? I don't know. Let's take a look. Yep, they took it down. Good old uh, chicken swingers in Canada. Rumble uh, took it down. Uh, but let's see if Odyssey's still going. By the way, I can't track how Odyssey works, but I did set up. Oh, that's me. Okay. So this Odyssey's working. Let me put it in that chat. I'll put it in every chat. Copy. So Odyssey, Odyssey's still going. And I don't. I don't know. I've been looking through Odyssey to. I got a, my first donation from Odyssey, and I want to. That's that's very very cool, and uh, um, uh, uh, okay. Odyssey still up, and let me put that URL in there. And there be, and um. And and thank you, whoever you are. I, I I thank you in person, or I'd email you, but I can't find how to do it yet. But I do appreciate the donations, and I also set up a give send go account for the next year or so because I uh I this last studio computer we would always build our own computers and we'd always mess something up. So this last time, about five six years ago, we uh. I bought all the parts and then took it to a professional and they put it together and it's been working flawlessly except it's starting to get old. And, and I have some really good ideas for more video stuff, some documentaries and need, need a, need a bigger powerhouse. So I've got a give, send, go campaign trying to raise $9,500 to do a bunch of studio upgrades and have, have a true monster computer built that will last another five, six years especially with all the video stuff i'm doing now so if you can donate to that or if you can go to odyssey uh and giuseppe the g uh what is that channel called i'll tell you right now on odyssey it's uh g-man giuseppe standard spelling and uh if you can donate there it pops right into the account or paypal which is uh some people have donated that and appreciate it very much but yeah starting uh i think this computer is probably easily good for the next nine to 12 months before it creates any real problems other than it's starting to get frustratingly slow but that's just the name of uh the name of the game you know uh, planned obsolescence that's how it goes uh in everything these days and so um Okay, so the other way to donate is paypal.me front slash Giuseppe, G-I-U-S-E-P-P-E, V-D-C, which stood for Vafangulo District of Criminals, but thank God I'm not there anymore. Thank God. All right, so I guess, you know, no sign of Chris. It's already almost the bottom of the hour. I guess guess what what we'll do is we shall uh, play a clip. Well, actually, we're so close to the bottom of the hour. Eh, let's think. I've been saving some good stuff. Let's see if I see a good one to use. Um, but how about the insanity of this tranny bullshit? So if Chris doesn't pop in after uh, the bottom of the hour music break, we'll open up the phone lines and we can talk about it. And... Um, um, but this tranny shit is just so bizarre to me. And it's just, you know, it, it's, it's clearly Bolshevik 2.0. I mean, there's no denying it. 
in that you know they poison these young people they uh glyphosate which is the second your gut is your second brain 90 90% of all um of all uh disease comes from the gut believe it or not um it's really vital to eat as clean as you can and uh you know there's all kinds of great prebiotics probiotics different kinds of of powdery drinks you can put together uh and you can really uh even if you don't eat a great diet you can really keep your um your gut in good shape uh by by giving uh the gut biome the nutrition and uh nutrients and everything that it needs so i highly recommend that and uh if you're ever interested you know my other my my day job is a doctor of oral medicine with uh, uh, a master's of science in oral medicine a bachelor's of science in east west nutrition and i'm licensed uh in virginia and wisconsin and i can ship anywhere in the us and i have you know anything that you can buy over the counter i have far better products and, 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 you know, what's cool these days since the scandemic is all these com- companies now have set up where they'll, 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 they'll take your order direct. They'll ship to you direct. And, um, huh, that was weird. Uh, we had a brief call for one moment. I don't know who that was, but it only rang once. And so, um, uh, so I'm going to set up on my website. I got a whole bunch of plans for website. That's another reason to free up a Thursday. It was just too much to try and do four, two hour shows out of five days. And, uh, you know, to get the quality that I uh, deliver, it takes a lot of time. And so I, I need some time back to do other things. And one of which is I'm going to set up a page on my website that, um, allows you if you'd like to do a consultation with me because you can't just i can't allow you guys to order this stuff willy-nilly either needs these are nutraceuticals this is the equivalent of nutritional medicine so you really need some some guidance from a professional such as myself and once that's done we can uh, you can order direct and i make a little cut i don't make that much Hello, 816. Uh, you're on the Sane Asylum Live. What what can I... <laughs> well, I, I wanted to uh, point something out transgender today that just blew my mind. Sure, okay? it's Brian. I know this Is, voice. What's up, Brian? How you know you? me. Okay. Anyway, did you go to Henry... I say Macau, so I know it's not pronounced that way, but yeah, people can find it Yeah, you it rhymes with tobacco, Macco, Henry Macco. I know, I know, but... When I say Macau, then people can find it. You know, Macau, you get oh, because with the W. So anyway, I yeah, yeah, I got, I see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but did you go to his website the last few days? No, you know, I, I sometimes oh, visit regular. I'm, I'm going there right now, Henry. Okay, it, it, you'll have to you'll have to scan down a bit, and you'll find the article on Alfred Rosenberg, who wrote a book track of the Jew through the ages. Okay. And I started reading about that. He talked about how the ADL has made it so hard to get that book that he had to spend like $150 to get it on the internet. And what was interesting when you read that article, he talks about uh, in 1919, some of our Jewish friends named Hirschfeld Kronfeld uh, started a transgender clinic in 1919 okay so 
it's in their brains. You know, they, they just keep recycling all this bullshit. And uh, in 1933, when Hitler came to power, uh, they burned it down. <laughs> the National Socialists burned it to the ground. And when I read that, I thought, oh, my God, I wish we had them here. You know, Jesus. So, and just what was in that book, I mean, it's just exactly a Jewish playbook. It's like an owner's manual you'd get with the car that explains everything you need to know about the Jews he talks about. And this was written in the 20s or the 30s. And he's talking about how they always take over banking, manufacturing, retail, wholesale, education, judicial, media, pharma, and that they are, they replace the native cultural culture with theirs and how destructive it is and that no one likes it. And the, the one that surprised me that I didn't really realize, he talks about how, you know, of course, they have usury and volume. Uh, but I can't say the word, voluminous uh, laws. They always pass a, a whole buttload of laws. And, you know, we certainly have all those things. And he said, when, when, you, when you deal with them in banking, it's like going into a casino. If you spend your time in a casino long enough, you're going to lose all your money. And with their usury and their interest, that's what they do. Eventually, you lose all your money. I mean, it was just an excellent article, and they've got a download of that book, and so you can save the $150. <laughs> oh, cool. Wow, that's great. So now, is this, I just was searching while you were describing it, is this the book by Eustace Mullen about Alfred Rosenberg, or is this the actual? No, it's it's written by uh, by Rosenberg. Now, okay. it's been a few days, so you may have to scan down a little farther, but it's called Track of the Jew Through the Ages. And uh, you can download the whole book right there. And it was, you know, today when I found out, I think, or yesterday, I had to scan down farther because he had other articles replacing so I think you can, you know, hit the archive and pick it up pretty quick because it's not that far off. And it was written by Alfred Rosenberg. And, you know, when you, the more I read about that guy, you can really see why they executed him at Nuremberg because he wasn't even military. He did nothing. Okay, that guy was about as innocent of a person. His only problem was he just knew too much. Okay. It's just amazing um, how how spot on that guy was. Another thing, I know a lot of the stuff I get, you know, I download from doing my meditations, and it's probably kind of bizarre for people. But what I download, I just keep getting more and more stuff about the accuracy. And there was stuff in that book that told me that a lot of the information I got on the Antichrist uh, through, you know, was, was there with what Rosenberg thought. And uh, also this Illuminati controller that was an, on how to harm children. She had the same information. So it was interesting to me that a lot of the stuff I get on the Antichrist was kind of verified when I get into these articles. So anyway. Well, I just found it and downloaded it. And it's at uh, the U.S. Archive, and I'm going to start putting it in the various chat rooms. And we'll start with the uh, um, 
So this is really cool, uh, Brian. Tell us a little bit more of your thoughts of why the synagogue of Satan, the Jewish parasites, have been making such a push the last few years to to, uh, prop up these mentally ill, degenerate, uh, uh, subhuman trannies into such a special uh, class. What's your take on why this is all going on? Well, to me, they just use the same playbook, and they do it over and over and over. They're not creative, okay? So um, one thing that people don't realize, and, and, you know, here in Kansas City, we have the Church of St. Germain or whatever you would call it, and they used to have a radio program, and it was so fascinating to tune into that every day because it was on Wednesday because you would get so much truth out of this uh, Church of St. Germain. And one thing they talked about was that the world that we live in now, that there's been like four or five others like it that were destroyed through nuclear war. And I know I've read that there's evidence in nuclear war in India and some Hindu valley off the coast of, of California. And to me, what these goofballs do is they're not creative. So they just uh, kind of make note of everything over 26,000 years of what works to destroy us. Okay. And that's the protocols of the elders of Zion. So, you know, it, it's just programmed in them. They, they don't have any creativity. That's why you get trannies crap in 1919. You know, you, right, right. you get the same playbook over and over and over. When you read Alfred Rosenberg's book, I mean, it just makes your jaw drop because it's just the playbook of what's going on now back then i mean it's exactly the same yeah absolutely anyway yeah no that's really really uh excellent points so what else are you getting when you're doing your uh, daily deep meditations brian Uh, oh god i could tell you well i'll just let me just briefly touch on the antichrist what they showed me when i did my going up to the uh the you know, they talk about the Trinity being Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and that's mm-hmm. bullshit. The Trinity was actually Christ, uh, the Apostle Matthew, and the Apostle Thomas, and they would they would get together and do a perfect triangle, and then they would bring in divine energy and use it to fight the darkness, okay? Well, the dark had the same thing. Theirs was three... <coughs> three dark priests during the reign of Queen Nephrodite, and <coughs> they were Satan, who they pronounce as Satan, mm-hmm. and you'll notice that five letters, Rulon, R-U-L-O-N, and another one named Spiro, and they would form their evil trinity, and they were doing all this evil crap, you know, sacrifice and whatnot, and mm-hmm. it got so bad that the Egyptians knew something was wrong. So Akhenaten, I think was his name, he said, we need a new God. And see, they're showing me this, and then I look on the internet, and it's it's kind of there. You know, they talk about Akhenaten saying, we got to worship this, we're not, because they were having so much problem with the, the satanic trinity, okay? 
And then they showed me through the ages who some of the antichrists have been and who they are in this lifetime. And anytime you get one around the situation, you get wars and nasty stuff. And uh -huh. two of them they showed me for World War II were Heinrich Himmler and Joseph Goebbels. Huh. Okay, so what kind of proved it to me was I was reading on Henry Macau, this uh, Illuminati uh, instructor. She would instruct, you know, the Illuminati on how to do all this evil shit, and she left. But she, she said, I wish I would have stayed or paid more attention to the history part, and she talked about the Illuminati members in World War II, and she said it was Joseph Goebbels and Heinrich Himmler. Okay, so it was like, wow, that's exactly what I get. And then in that Rosenberg article, they were talking about Rosenberg and who he couldn't stand in the Nazi hierarchy, and it was Joseph Goebbels and Heinrich Himmler. So it's like you get verification and and. What, what you end up getting when you get these people around you is nasty stuff, wars. The two we have today are Klaus Schwab and Victoria Newland. They're antichrists, wow. okay? And some of them through history, <clears throat> um, the uh, uh, Rasputin was an antichrist. Pol Pot was an antichrist. Uh, Albert uh, Pike was an antichrist. There was uh, uh, Edward or House. Ed, is it Edward Mandel House, the advisor for, for uh, Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson? Wilson? Yeah, mm, the fixer. Yeah, he was an antichrist. Fixer. And then what do you get? You get war. And there was an advisor for Lendemann. Okay, this that was his name, and he was an advisor to Churchill. He right. was an antichrist. Even this slave that Julius Caesar uh, set free was an antichrist. And what happens when you get these people around, you get terrible wars, you know, uh, um, Caesar gets assassinated. The Council of Nicaea, uh, the Menephesis of Epiphus was uh, an antichrist, and the Achilles of Larissa was a Lucifer. And uh, so, I mean, this is what I get when I download <coughs> And there's always something on the internet that kind of backs it up. Okay, like I, I mentioned that, you know, Christ had all these lifetimes. He was Muhammad. He was George Washington. He was Joseph Smith. Right. And Joseph Smith appointed 12 apostles. Okay. He appointed 12 apostles. And some of those apostles were the same ones from, from way back when. And they twist everything because... Okay, he came to power in 1833. <laughs> Hitler came to power in 1933, that 100-year cycle. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost like a, resur a resurrection because, you know, boom, at, in 1833, he died at 33, 1833. That's when he came to power with the Church of Mormon or whatever. And then he came to power in 1933. And they show me who some of the apostles are like uh, Diedrich Eckert was actually uh, Judas, and Judas wasn't bad. Heinrich or, or uh, Hermann Goering was uh, um, one of the 12,000 um, Peters, the Apostle Peter. There's, there's, what happened is the, there are 12 Greek gods and goddesses, and um, um, 
in order to incarnate in physical bodies. They, they broke their energy down and then incarnated in souls. So there's, there's actually uh, 12,000 of these Greek gods and goddesses uh, <coughs> wandering around on the planet. I don't know how many are, are incarnated at one time, but, um, and you take 12 times 12,000, the 12 apostles times 12,000, you get 144,000, like they mentioned in the Bible, but all that's been removed. They're not mm -hmm. going to tell you who they are. And so Zeus became the apostle Thomas. Uh, Prometheus is separate from that. He's not one of the 12, but he became Christ and Hades became Lucifer. Some of the lifetimes of Lucifer. Ramses II uh, was one of them. There's 6,666 Lucifers. Uh -huh. uh, Mussolini was one. So when you get Hitler, who's Christ, and Mussolini together, you've got Cain and Abel. Yeah, because Cain right. was a lifetime of, you know, Lucifer and Abel was a lifetime of Christ. So, Brian, let me interject uh, you know, for a second. All this, and you're welcome to stay sure. on, but it uh, looks like we have another caller. So just turn this into an impromptu call in show. You can call like Brian okay. did on Skype, 703-873-7797. That's Skype, 703-873-7797. Or you can go to speakfreeradio.com, click on my logo there under the call-in bu button. And it looks like we do have a caller, a gentleman named Michael. So uh, welcome, Michael. Are you calling uh, to, to, to make a comment or an observation? Uh, yeah. Can you hear me, Giuseppe? Can yeah, you, you sound great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is Michael. I live out on the left coast, California, California as they California. call it these days. Yeah, it's all fucked up. But, uh, you know, um, I found out about the J question, uh, Harry Vox, and I saw you on a program with Harry. You know Harry? Oh, he's, he's a great coast. guy. In fact, I got to get him back. He hasn't been on since very last knowledgeable, year. Very knowledgeable about the yes. question. Yeah. Yes. And he, he brought me to light. You know, I, I'm 62, year old, uh, 62 years old, so I, I kind of knew about the Liberty many years ago. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, all the history uh, that they've been involved in going back, I guess, 2,000 years. It's been going on for 2,000 years, right? At least. Yeah. You know, it, if you look so at I, the, um, the, uh, according to, uh, Eustace Mullins and his, uh, seminal book, the curse of Canaan, it goes back even farther than that. The same satanic, uh, Balian, uh, death cult, child sacrificing death cult has been possibly, you know, around for six, 7,000 years, but certainly since the time of Christ for sure. So sorry, I just want to make yeah, that point. So Harry, Harry enlightened me. He, Harry guided me through, uh, you know, with all his bitchy videos through the scandemic and uh you know i was taking quercetin i had ivermectin i had i was all stocked up on stuff to you know to not get sick from this uh bioweapon that they were spread uh spraying on us but was, uh, you're a wise I, man uh i made it through that um but yeah i like your show and i like dave Kahari and uh, david duke very good very uh good show over there and i just discovered you i i'd seen you on uh with harry i don't know a year or two ago um, what else do I have to say? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Dave gahari has got his own publishing. So, you know, you're able to go there and get access, but, um, they're, they're, uh, these, these Jews are erasing history before our eyes. They are yes. blotting out information right and left daily. And, um, it's, we're in a big spiritual battle here, brother. And it's, you know, uh, me being a white male Christian that's heterosexual, 
right uh, in a with a uh, traditional marriage i'm i'm top on their list to eliminate i'm the top yep. guy right exactly you know? right they're they're we're the ones they want out of here they they want us dead and so um but i'm not fearful you know um i i read my bible and uh you know i have faith in christ and that we're going to get through this battle and uh they've been defeated they've been kicked out of 109 countries and let's make it 110 okay that's great, Michael. And I have a question for you. You know, I used to head out to California regularly from my job in the '90s, and it was still a pretty cool place. And and what what you're seeing in the mainstream media, but that's never the uh, the 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 television and social media is a is a fisheye lens. It doesn't accurately represent. So, how many people that you rub elbows with? How many of these people are like us? You know, sane, heterosexual believe in God, but, you know, desperately want our high trust society back to some extent, at least some type of true meritocracy where people who are the best get to climb to the top of the heap, not, not this ridiculous affirmative action, this ridiculous uh, propping up mentally ill trannies as some type of, uh, uh, of celebrity influencer. It's just so obscene. So what's it really like in California for you? Oh, he, he lost, he was outside. Okay, Brian, you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Okay, uh, Michael dropped off. So, uh, but it was good to hear from Michael. So, yeah, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, here in Kansas City, I think we've got a lot more normal people than what you have in California. So, anyway, yeah, looks like he's trying to come here. back in so we can uh, have him answer okay, questions. I will. Yeah, the Midwest is definitely much saner. I mean. Uh, I, there's been a lot of pushback to that that vulgar satanic drag queen story hour and all that uh, absolute nonsense. And uh, well, have you been following Brian at all? As we're waiting to see if if Michael can reconnect in California. Maybe get here he is. Here he is again. Okay. So Michael, we lost you. So uh, I did, yeah. did you hear my question? What is it like yeah. for real people in California these days? Well, Not- I. I uh, I worked uh, I worked for thirty years as a uh, union electrician. I retired uh, when all these mandates started coming down, and they were I couldn't go to a job without taking a shot. So I I threw in the towel, and I I live kind of a I live insulated. I, I'm in a suburb, so I'm not really having to deal with. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not I'm really not out there dealing with too much of the BS that that was going on during the scandemic. Um, I joined a church. So that's given me strength to be with uh, Christian people with values that, you know, that you and I would share, you know. Oh, that's um, great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat insulated. But San Francisco and Oakland are dangerous places, bro. You do not want to go there unless uh, you're packing some heat these days. People are getting murdered. Uh, these liberal democratic policies that they have, they're just, it's insane. It's like it's it's communism uh i don't know the the democrat is a communist it's it's i don't know why people aren't seeing it i just i don't understand it um uh you know since the scamdemic and they started giving money away for people not to work anymore uh people are losing their work ethic you know i was taught by my father to you get if you want to achieve something you got to get up and go get it but um yeah same here yeah absolutely uh we're failing our nation's failing but um I think our only trust and faith is in Jesus Christ and uh, being strong and sticking together as Christian uh, male soldiers in this fight, you know, this spiritual battle. 
Um, but um, yeah, I, I would like to get out of here and get to a maybe more of a conservative state. I just I uh, I've got my roots. I've been out here most of my life, so mm -hmm. it's hard. To, it's hard just to pick up and go, you know, because um, I, ra oh, I, yeah, I, ra I raised a family here, you know. Yeah. And uh, so but I'm I'm tied into you and Dave Kahari, David Duke and uh, the J question. We just can't be afraid to uh, say it. People no, are afraid. To, pe people are afraid to say that word. They're afraid to say it. And uh, I'm, I'm coming out. And I, oh, yeah, the Ukraine war. Yeah, that's a Jewish war. That, that's the Jews. That's a whole Jewish operation going on out there. So uh, we just can't be fearful of these people because, uh, you know, otherwise they're going to they're going to take us down. That's a great point, Michael. So are you running into even in the, the suburbs when you're going to uh, church or, or just doing, going about your business? Are you running into a bunch of woke Antifa types? Are you are, uh, running? No, into, not really. No, no. Really. no. I'm, I'm a musician and I'm, I'm working with people that kind of have my view. And, uh, you know, uh, no, I'm not experiencing that. But I'm, I, the tranny thing has triggered me when I see it on the TV and them shoving yeah. it down our throat. Um, that triggered me and the, the, the vaccine mandates really triggered me. That sent me over the edge when that started going on. I, I couldn't believe that I was living in America when they, when they started dictating that. I think one of the saving graces though, even though Trump is a controversial figure, he did put the Supreme court in our favor, our favor, as far as, uh, you know, making that, they made that important ruling that, uh, where you didn't have to take the shot if you didn't want to. Um, that remember that Supreme court ruling yes, that they did. Right. Yeah. So, but uh, as far as my, I'm not experiencing any crime or anything threatening, uh, my way other than just seeing what they're doing. Th this tranny agenda is just, it's blowing me away. It's just like, it's, it's, you gotta, I never thought in my life I would see what's going on with, uh, but you know, the, the sad fact is Harry, as Harry Vox, uh, you know, his shows are just brilliant, but you know, the idea that the, this is a this is like a satanic malignancy it's evil and it's rotting america from the inside and yeah. the fact that they're literally poisoning these younger generations that they 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 and they they they're the males are lacking testosterone the females are aggressive and weaponized none of this is by accident it, it, every everything you look into of what's taking this country down is from the Jew, and I here I have a really good meme that I'll put up, which um, Jewish blessings. Keep all your Jewish blessings, Amen. Every one of what's tearing this country down: communism, now Bolshevik 2.0, communitarianism, Marxism, Zionism, the holocaust, the 80 million dead white decent humans killed in in Bankster War Two. Usury banking, the VEG, the Jew parasites are, are have destroyed the working class, destroyed the lower middle class, and now they're trying to get all of us uh, as slaves to the central bank digital currency, which is a total Jew scam. The Holodomor, yep. where Jews 
uh, murdered uh, 11 million decent German farmers in the Ukraine, starved them to death. The whole Russian Revolution, Bolshevik 1.0, we're living Bolshevik 2.0. The endless wars for the greater Israeli project. The thing that blows my mind, and then you've got a brilliant black guy like Ayo Kamathi, but there's so many low-impulse blacks who blame whitey when they should be blaming Jewy for the African slave trade, which was controlled by the Jew lock, stock, and bagel. Feminism, especially uh, the first uh, generation of feminists, I agreed with some of it because a woman is abused by a guy and she divorces him. And back in the day, in the 60s, she couldn't get a mortgage. She shouldn't get a credit card. So, you know, some of that had to change. But once these Jew bull dykes got involved, it's hor it's horrific. Uh, open borders, insane. Mass migration, again, Kudenhoven Kalergi, white replacement. They say it all the time, and then they're like, oh, we don't do that. Uh, right. Critical race theory, which is just garbage. 9-11, that's when the Jew attacked uh, the United States with the help, killed 3,000 innocents, uh, stole trillions of dollars. The USS would you Liberty. Say that, would you say that's when they had their firm grip on the United States, when that, they came to power under the Bush administration, the neocons? That's, yeah. Was that the, when they really had a grip on us? Yes, yes. I think that that was uh, planned. I mean, if you look at any of those, like Life magazine, when uh, David Rockefeller, young David Rockefeller, is on, on the cover in the in the 60s of the magazine, and he's holding a drawing of building the World Trade Center, and his watch in that picture is set to 9-11. So they, wow. they, they knew this was going to be... Uh, a, a sacrificial uh, to their their dark god Moloch or uh, Baal B A apostrophe A L or what have you, but absolutely. Uh, well, they've they, also they, they've infiltrated the the church, saying that they're the chosen ones, that they're they're the chosen ones, and a lot of Christians are going along with them. They've infiltrated the church too. Uh, right, absolutely. Well, Michael, I want to thank tell you. you oh, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry. I was going to tell you something that I ran into on the internet concerning the USS Liberty, and of course you can't find it today. It, uh, there used to be the Johnson tapes; they're still there, but of course they've removed a lot of they're them. They're scrubbing. And they're scrubbing they history. The, yeah, yeah. One of them that was on there originally, and I found this one ten years ago. It was like June sixth, seventh, whatever of nineteen sixty-seven. And it was the the tape of uh, Johnson in the Oval Office with McNamara, and he he had the Israeli ambassador uh, called, and so they let him in. And uh, the Israeli ambassador said, "You've got a an intelligence gathering ship off our coast, and we are going to um, sink it, and we're going to kill everyone on board." and Johnson said, you can't do that. And McNamara said, what, are you guys crazy? What are you talking about? And so the Israeli ambassador said, uh, as a threat, you don't seem to remember that we control all of your press. Wow. And then it got quiet. And then he, he got his uh, authorization. And then they went ahead and did it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I mean. And you can't find that on the internet now. I mean, it was there, you know, 10 years ago, or, or the transcripts of the Moscow show trials, the actual transcripts, because mm -hmm. that's when I was alerted to the fact that uh, Stalin 
was the first one really. I mean, see, everyone has a deep state, so everyone blames Stalin for all this stuff, but right. it was the trial transcripts from your, your Jewish holo- or the Ukrainian Holocaust you're talking about, and they had the Kaglanovich or whatever his name was, and they, the, the, uh, the actual transcript by the prosecutor said, this is Comrade uh, Kaganovich. He's an agent of City of London, and he's responsible for the starvation and the death of the people in Ukraine. Wow. Yeah. And uh, every at the start of every one of these show trials, uh, that's what they were reading out. Okay, and yeah. so Stalin was taking them on, and uh, uh, they they conceal it. And I know what was going to happen because. After uh, the Second World War, when we had the atomic bomb, we started threatening Stalin that we were going to nuke 160 Russian cities. And it was out there. They were going to nuke. It was because Stalin wanted to have another cleansing of Jews in his uh, government. Mm. He didn't make it, though. Yeah, he didn't make it there. Well, no, what happened, they poisoned him. If you read at that point, he was getting ready to do it. Finally, when he got the bomb, he said, okay, now I'm going to get rid of them. And then they poisoned him. Wow. Well, guys, I see our Uh, our guest is here, and we're going to hit the top of the hour. Okay, thank you. ErasingTheLiberty.com. Dave Gahari is a phenomenal book. He worked with with, uh, Philip Turney. And that is the truth of erasing the liberty. And we're, we're about to hit the top of the hour thank break. You, and then when we, thank you, Michael. Please call back again. All and right. uh, we'll have uh, Chris Caskey. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. Really great talking to you. And we'll have uh, Chris Caskey after you these too. top Bye. of the hour breaks coming up as soon as I can get to the file and play it. Uh, okay. I gotta go do this real quick. Yeah. There and there it is, and here we go. So great! I think Chris didn't realize that Wednesday's an hour earlier, but he'll be back for a full hour coming up after these important messages. So stay tuned for Chris Gasky, The War Against Goyim, brilliant book by a brilliant young author. You're listening to Speak Free. Radio, the free speech internet radio platform. I have been studying vaccines for the past three years of my life when it came up in my professional life. And my my current opinion about vaccinations is that they have never been safe. Never has there been a safe vaccine. Never will there be a safe vaccine. And it is not possible to have a safe vaccine. The actual process of vaccination defies the natural function of the immune system of living beings. It thwarts the immune system into a balance that's very unnatural and that leaves it susceptible to uh, more things than just what you've maybe vaccinated supposedly for. Putting a disease matter into a body combined with all the chemicals and antibiotics and things that the manufacturing companies may not even know about at the time that they're being injected into a muscle, there's no possible way that that can be safe. 
if indeed it is such a miraculous product, wouldn't we be noticing how miraculous it is? Are, are they saying that we are just too stupid to notice that this is killing people and maiming people? That we're too stupid to notice that it's miraculous? You know, I think that is a lot of the argument. We're just too stupid to notice how miraculous this is. So to protect everybody, we better, they're going to give it to us anyway. The people that were vaccinated were among the sickest, that many children were dying after smallpox vaccinations, uh, that they were developing terrible ulcerations, beautiful, perfect babies, you know, forced into smallpox vaccines, either dying or developing terrible, terrible diseases. Those of us who actually notice the science is not backing up vaccination, those of us who notice that people are being maimed and killed by vaccinations, those of us who have experienced our own vaccine reactions are categorically thought to be mad. It's money and it's power. Many of the vaccine enthusiast doctors will parrot the phrase that babies need to be vaccinated when they're young because the take rate is better for the vaccine. Parents are being told to bring their two-month, four-month, six-month-old infants in to have them injected with some 24 different disease matter injections, complete with the polysorbate 80, amounts of aluminum that are absolutely unsafe. An infant's immune system develops slowly. That's normal. It's part of the design. They think nature is flawed because they think Mother Nature got it all wrong when designing the immune system of an infant. So why aren't these children all dying? Why, why, don't they, why are they not extremely vulnerable to disease more so than the vaccine enthusiasts actually say they are? Is because of breast milk. It's because of breast milk from a healthy mother who's eating a good diet. This is the design. The inventors of vaccines have chosen a belief system whereby uh, infants are all born with inadequate immune systems and that the only way they can be saved from hepatitis B, rotavirus, etc., the infant vaccines, that the only way they can be saved from these diseases is getting vaccines into them as quickly as possible in multiple injections. Young babies uh, have a blunted immune response compared to you or I and that's one of the reasons why the aluminum is added to the vaccines is to stimulate that immune response. So what happens when um, babies are given a vaccine is that this normal non-reactivity of the immune system uh, is, is abolished. And the non-reactivity then becomes hyper-reactivity and that's why we're seeing so much asthma, so much reactive airway disease allergies to peanuts and so on and so forth, latex. It's because of these injections that these young children are getting, not only that have the disease matter in them, but that have provoked the immune system in an unnatural way, shifting uh, the normal balance uh, of non-reactivity into one of hyper-reactivity. Live from Crestview Studios, Florida, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, it's the Dave and Duke Call-In Show. Hi, this is Dave Gehara. And this is David Duke. Limber up your dialing fingers and join us for our new Sunday weekly call-in show. Live, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We're taking the microphone away from Dr. Duke and handing him the phone receiver. Yes, and I'll be happy to answer your questions because you are the star of the show. I'm simply here to try to answer your questions to the best of my ability 
from my lifetime of study, research, and activism. I'm looking forward to your questions and to your comments. listening to The Sane Asylum with your host Giuseppe The G-Man. Welcome back to hour number two of The Sane Asylum number 129. It is April 12th in the United States. It's already April 13th in New Zealand and the brilliant young author Chris Caskey who evidently has a pseudonym that goes by Marshall Lore is here and it's awesome that you're here. Yeah. uh, and uh, uh, welcome. And my first question is some of the uh, – you, you did so much research with your brilliant book, The War Against Goyim. Thanks. That you probably have already come across this book uh, by Alfred Rosenberg, the, the Track of the Jew Through the Ages. Have you read that one? I've, I've heard of it. I, I have not read it. Oh, I'll send you the uh, – it's for free on uh, – uh, the internet archive and you can download right. the PDF. So uh, evidently uh, writing that book is what the reason he got killed because of Nuremberg, which uh, is quite eye opening. but uh, yeah, how yeah, are you? Um, sorry, your, yeah, your guests were talking about um, sources disappearing from internet, but yeah, the internet archive um, it's important. Like I archived like all of the internet sources I cited in my book. Oh, so great. that's, so yeah, because yeah, I was worried that they'd be deleted and as they are. So that's important. Like, um, archive.org, I think archive.is is, is better, however, because they have even been deleting websites from the Wayback Machine on archive.org. Oh, and is, what's the archive? Did you say .is? Yeah, dot .iceland. But oh, okay. it's, it's the same service as um, archive.org. For, for saving web pages, you don't need an account or anything. Um, oh, cool. But I recommend people do that um, and save I the just, URLs. Uh, yeah. I just bookmarked it archive.io. Apologies for missing the first tower. Oh, no problem. I appreciate your, your, but absolutely, man. Real life, as we've talked before, always takes precedent over uh, the uh, the internet uh, discussions. So, how are you? I haven't talked to you in a couple months. Oh, I gotta I'm doing say, good. man, I watched uh, an interview you were part of with it was you and Patrick Three Stacks, Three Stacks, right. and uh, Christopher John Bjork. Is that was really really compelling? Yeah. He was really impressed that you actually read his book. <laughs> yeah. His new book about the Armenian genocide. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad, but um Oh my god. Yeah. Again, all the real genocides, all the real Holocaust, yeah. the Armenians, the uh Holodomor, there's so many that um are whitewashed and then you get these the the yeah. these despicable Jews lying about the Holocaust, which n- no such thing occurred. In fact, the, uh, as we well know, there's, there's, uh, uh, you know, uh, 6 million ways within an hour to debunk the Holocaust, but that doesn't yeah. seem to matter because as, uh, as the, uh, the, uh, one of the German puppet judges told, I don't know if it was Ernst Zundel or who he told that the truth is not a defense. How can the truth right. not be a defense? I recommend the documentary One Third of the Holocaust. Which, oh, where's that one? To be so found? it's on. Um, it's uh, you can find it on uh, HolocaustHandbooks.com. Oh, the C O D O H um, website. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
It was released in 2006. It's like three hours, and it, it demolishes the so-called uh, Reinhard death camps, uh, Treblinka, Balzec, and, and Sobibor, and also the uh, Nuremberg Tribunal. And it's, yeah, that, that helped awaken me. Um, it was one of the first um, documentaries I watched. But, yeah, that's that's the great resource, that website. So, yes, it certainly is. Holocaust Handbooks and uh, C-O-D-O-H. And, and so this documentary, again, is called One Third of the Holocaust? Yeah. Okay. Because I think that those camps are even more, like, laughable than, than Auschwitz-Birkenau, which is the most famous one. Oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so last time we spoke, you were you were starting to work on either updating your book or a second book. So how's everything going? What have you been up to? And what would you like to discuss tonight? Yeah, so I'm expecting the second edition, like maybe June or July this year. Oh, um, I'm, I'm yeah, reading other books and, yeah, in preparation. So that that's, that's going good. Um, so today I'd like to cover two essays concerning media, media dishonesty and deception and Jewish control of media. And this won't take long. Um, okay. So, uh, which so we will we'll be able to do this page 41. Oh, oh page 41. Okay. Let me scroll yeah. down to that. Alrighty. How did I get to 81 so fast? That's interesting. Okay, 47. Oh, okay, they're back-to-back, I think. Okay, so page 41 is media dishonesty and deception. Yeah. So this, you say, is basically... um, I apply concepts from media studies to... Jewish hegemony in the media. Um, so as always, I've, I don't know if you can see this, highlighted with a highlighter what I think are the salient points. So I'm just going to go through the essay and Great. cover those and, you know, Perfect. feel free to interject. Um well, before we start, let's tell everybody sure. that this is the best bargain you can get if you go to Chris. Uh, uh, I got your website right here. Let me switch over. Chris Kasky, C A S K I E dot podia, P O D I A dot com, and I'll put it in all the chat rooms. And you can uh-huh. buy this book in PDF form for $10 New Zealand, which is you're supporting a young, brilliant author. And so please go to chriscaskey.podia.com and buy this young man's book. All it's right. like seven yeah. US dollars. Oh, man. Buy two of them then and give one away well, as a gift. 370 pages and it's... Wow. Yeah. Like a, it's a good reference book because it's all table of contents is all subtitled. So, Yeah. In any event, um, all right. So uh, okay, here, here's off. something to get the, get the ball rolling. So researchers of media have argued that media has become more powerful in modern times. Historically, social institutions such as family and religion were the most important cultural factors. Today, these factors have largely been superseded by electronic media and entertainment. 
A term that has garnered attention in recent times is fake news. However, fake news is not a modern phenomenon. Propaganda has been used for millennia to persuade and shepherd people. I think it's important to understand that. First section. Oh, excellent point. Absolutely agree. Um, so I define difference between mainstream media and mass media. And then the earliest mass media was the newspaper, followed by radio and television, and today, internet. And I detail the evolution of, of media. Um, during the 1950s, television was the primary medium for influencing public opinion. At that time, there was one television channel controlled by the government. So you imagine the propaganda coming off the, the back end of the Second World War and during the so-called Cold War. Right. Yeah. <sighs> media and geography. This is an important point. Many local media outlets source some of their news from media outlets around the world, analogous to how wholesale businesses supply retailers. So I see America as the center of the media and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of subversive ideas are exported from, from America, you know? So that, that's, that's important to understand. And that's what draws so, the uh, allows the f fuel for the uh, the the Kalergi plan is all these uh, right. uh, individuals in the rest of the world who are scraping by think if they can somehow get to the good old U.S. of A. or they can get to good old England, get to good old Germany, they're going to punch yeah. their ticket and they get everything for free, and it's just like on TV. And so that's, uh, you know, yeah. once again, the insidious nature of Jewish control of everything. So, Yeah, it is insidious, yeah. It's like the, the frogs in the boiling water analogy, you know? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of media and geography, so like, like we discussed, it can broadcast the same message to different populations or it can broadcast different messages to different populations. So as an example, I cite the Cold War and how Americans feared Russians and Russians feared Americans. Right. Um, and that was facilitated by the media. Um, you know, in America, they had anti-Russian media movies and so on and vice versa in Russia. Right. Yeah, and same thing um, prior to Second World War. Um, like in Britain, there was a lot of anti-German media. And in Germany, there was some anti-British media. So, yeah. So, this in media studies discourse, this phenomenon is called cultural imperialism. Mm -hmm. So, this... this, this you know, the idea of um, soft power as opposed to hard power. Right. This is, this is, yeah, this is a form of soft power. And didn't, I think you, didn't you work, um, write for a paper years ago? Oh, absolutely. I, um, when I was uh, your age, first 10 years of my career, I worked for the largest morning daily 
well, well, for the first five years of my 10 year journalism career, then I went into, uh, especially publishing long form stuff, but yeah, the Milwaukee Sentinel. So I, 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 when it was a re when, when there was no internet 1980 to 1985, I wrote for them. And then I went on to magazines and, and business journals and things that I found more interesting. So, yeah. Right. News is an acronym. It stands for notable events, weather and sports. How about that? Yep. There you Um, go. So it's, it, News is important because it ostensibly provides factual information. It's also a promotional tool. And also studies have shown that people learn how much importance to attach to a topic based on how much it is emphasized in the news. Well, let me interject that for a second because there's a classic, you learn it in journalism school, that uh, if a dog bites a man, that is not news. But if a man bites a dog, that's news and because anything that's sensational and can pique someone's interest to spend money in some way that is the true goal of news so like you said news entertainment and weather and sports that's just it you know everybody and the tragedy of the dumbing down of the first world especially is that people act like this is a uh, an impartial unbiased source well even when i was in journalism and we were taught uh the paper i worked for was the morning daily it was the conservative paper and then the afternoon paper was the liberal paper the milwaukee journal yeah. and you know when i was starting to write articles if i would inject anything of that even remotely smacked of my opinion yeah. They would say, I'd get it back from the editor uh, for rewrites, and he'd say, uh, if, you, hey, if, you want, if you want to write opinions, you got to go over to the editorial desk. We just report the news, which is who, what, when, who, what where, when, why, and how, and, and uh, don't, don't interject your opinion. And con- yeah. contrast that, Chris, with today, where I just read and was disgusted by there was a, a, at some major journalism school, I don't know if it was Columbia or something, these young uh, woke uh, buffoons were all saying that <laughs> you shouldn't be objective journalists. We have to be social media influencers and all. And I'm like, my God, you're not, you're not journalists then. You're gas lighting propagandists which is pretty much all we get these days yeah i think that's a that's a good point um journalists typically have to sign a contract to say that you're not going to be like racist or anti-semitic or whatever basically politically correct did you have right. to like sign anything like that or did you get any like pep talk about that sort of thing uh the uh I got the pep talk. There was no official contract. The, the contract was simply uh, a labor contract right. that they owned everything I wrote for them. And so, uh-huh. uh, but, but back then, you know, it was, uh, but I'll tell you what, man, even back in Milwaukee in the early 1980s, there were some rough parts of t- uh, p- rough parts of town. And when you're a low man on the city desk, you get to go sit overnight at the main, at the jail where the main police office was, which was about, uh, four blocks from the headquarters of the Milwaukee journal and the Milwaukee Sentinel, the, the two companies shared printing presses. So it was a giant, it was a really cool, cool young as an experienced young guy to go through it, but you go and you literally sit you, you in a little cubicle that they gave one to the Sentinel, one to the journal, and you got to listen to the police radio all night. And there is so much that is just 
shocking even in the early 80s that never made the papers because the I, I i would report all this right. stuff and they'd chuckle to me like oh yeah you're 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 a new guy right you're you're, you're writing up everything and and the thing is is you know people don't want to know how dangerous parts of the city are it's up to us to try and keep things stable and that's what they told us even in the 80s and now look at that's sad i mean people should have known back then what yeah. was really going on maybe it could it could have been much more uh easily stopped as opposed to i don't know if you saw on in the social media um there there's uh the inner harbor in baltimore maryland uh there was a spring break going on and some shots were fired and all of a sudden 200 plus uh 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 low impulse control uh groids just went on a riot rampaging riot people got hurt the mayor had to issue a curfew he's he the it's a black yeah. mayor and he's deriding these young out of control uh uh subhumans so uh, it, and, and guess who's responsible for all this i'm gonna uh it's it's the people who you write about in the war against goyim which you can buy at chriscaskey.podia.com <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna. Here's another, and I know I'm like reading a lot of this like verbatim, but like, oh, do it. I know. mean, it's a great book, right? News is naturally biased, but not in an ideological or political sense. News is biased because it is devoting to telling us what is new, i.e., exceptional events, typically of immediate relevance. In doing so, news naturally makes omissions. Another potential flaw with news is that it favors a journalistic approach as opposed to a scholarly approach, which is more fallible. All these flaws are compounded when dishonest people dictate the narratives of news. That's really well said. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's focusing on like when you're trying to write a like an article. Like news articles typically, you know, they focus on the headline, which a lot of the times is clickbait. They have these short paragraphs, and they try to right. just say everything up front. And like you said, it, it's very sensationalist. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the language that they use is mimetic. It's not honest, like clear language. <sighs> um, well, back when I was in the business, there was something you were taught. Every good journalist, professional journalist, was taught how to write the lead, which is the opening paragraph, yeah. right? You had to tell what the article was about, share the most important element of the story and hook people to get them to read the, the rest of the story. Right. If you, if you, the, you know, it was considered a skill. If you could write a great lead, you were going to sell papers. You were going to get your, your stories were going to be on the front page. You were going to be, you know, yeah. It, 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 and you're literally hooking people. So as opposed to as excellent point as opposed to a scholarly dissertation, which has plenty of time and it's all about sourcing and footnoting. Yeah. I mean, journalism is not academia. Journalism is about selling newspaper and hooking yeah. the interest of the reader in that first paragraph. Absolutely. It's a business. I think, I think, yeah, citing sources is very important. It's something I do in my book. I mean, there's more than 900 citations don't know if you can see this but like non-fiction books which don't have citations are garbage in my opinion yeah exactly you gotta prove it yeah yeah news media is deceptive in two principal ways stating things which are not true and um, omitting important relevant information so stating things that are not true um an example of that would be saying the Arabs did 9-11, right, which we know that that's hogwash. 
Exactly. Um, right. And then uh, more importantly, uh, omission. Um, and this is not, this is, this is very like clandestine. It's, a lot of times they just won't um, mention important facts. Um, they just won't mention them at all. Like, for example, um, I surveyed a bunch of books about so-called anti-Semitism, and generally they, like, they just don't, like, mention the arguments that, that we raise. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's an effective approach for them is just don't. You know, like, in the media, they never address the arguments, like, why we object to, to Jewish supremacism. It's just always right. the same generic song and dance about hate. So omission is, is, is a big deal. Yeah. And, and here's another trick that the, the uh, large papers like the Washington Compost or the New York Slimes will do. <laughs> is they'll, they'll have a sensational lying story on the front page above the fold, right? That is the premier place to get a story. Yeah. And then when it when they're called out and someone does the, the due diligence and proves it's a lie, you know where the retraction, re retraction ends up? On page 67 by the ads. Yeah. Yep, so. Yeah. Yeah. And another point, news can be a way of diverting attention away from important events and distracting people. So an example of this is like, say there's a segment on like television news about like sports or whatever. Like, well, sports is like superfluous. Like it's not important. Like it's kind of like a personal thing, like people, like a hobby people may have or whatever. Like it's not like important. Like there might be like a war going on or, or whatever, like economic um, crises or um Social issues, what I mean, you know, you can imagine more serious issues, but right, yeah, like they, they just the news is like it's such such garbage, um, truly, but is, it, yeah. it's it, it, yeah, um, and it's gotten so much worse. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, I was I got tired of, of it after 10 years because of uh, of uh there was so many, much ego and so much of a pecking order and so many special snowflakes and it's nothing like it yeah. is now. I mean, where it's out and out gaslighting out and out, you know, you call, you know, you, it, I used to, I was taught. And when I worked at the Milwaukee Sentinel, if I brought a breaking story of some that I had, you know, tracked down, I had yeah. to bring to the editor and the associate publisher proof two independent verifiable sources that corroborate what i'm writing right i mean that's journalism you know that's the way it yeah. used to be it it is not that way now yeah um another point is that you know a non-corrupt like an honest transparent democracy is predicated on on the electorate the voters making informed choices and you know the me we've seen how the media can sway how people vote so it's limiting it's it's you know it's promoting propaganda right absolutely <sighs> yeah so a, a healthy democracy needs an honest media um, and so now, clearly, you're probably going to say, but 
the media is now owned by the same individuals who own Big Pharma, by the same individuals who own all transnational corporations, by the same individuals who have obscene amounts of fiat currency to be able to install whatever politician they want. And to the point now where they don't even worry about the elections, they can, they can hack them. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and this is, you know, it wasn't, that way when i was uh, a young reporter in the early 80s so literally in 40 years it's all gone to shit in the in the uh, uh the, for- the so-called fourth estate yeah yeah the internet's both been a blessing and a curse in that respect um because all of these like like it's it's yeah it's without internet like i wouldn't know like about these issues like i wouldn't have written this book because i wouldn't Mm -hmm. have had access to this information of course but with that said the internet is like a continuation of of mass media um and we see with youtube now it's it's becoming more and more streamlined more and more commercial right more and more propaganda well, Chris, let me let me ask you this question about the internet. Is I remember 15, 20 years ago, it was literally the Wild West. I mean, Jim Fetzer had all his stuff. There was yeah. literally thousands of awesome documentaries, like Dennis Wise's stuff, and and, and it, it and and I personally, I think the controllers, the the uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, synagogue of Satan thought that well if we get the internet out there and and we get uh free porn to all the goyim and and these games and all this they're gonna that were they never i don't think they i think they seriously miscalculated and realized how many people were were using the wild west days of the internet for information uh, sharing for comparing notes and that's why the uh the globalists have now spent the last decade trying to censor it and get all these hate speech right. laws and and have bought control of youtube and everything and literally there's been millions of uh of shows millions of documentaries wiped clean because of these parasites oh yeah 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 censorship is a, is a jewish necessity to quote scott yeah. roberts um who had more than 1,000 YouTube channels deleted. Wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, just but on the other hand, what's your thoughts on the uh, the advent yeah. of citizen journalism? I mean, that's why Speak Free Radio right. exists. That's why uh, republicbroadcasting.org exists. That's why Revolution Radio exists. So yeah. uh, 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 your thoughts on, on citizen journalism? Um, yeah, it's, um, certainly like an improvement. Yeah. And I mean, you have a good presentation as well, you know? So, I mean, it's like you do things professionally. Um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, like polls show that like the vast majority of people like in America distrust the media now, and I'm sure you could extrapolate that data to other countries. So citizen journalism's on the rise. And that's a good thing, um, the, the generally. Um, however, there is also a lot of, like, trash out there. Because everybody, everybody has a phone now, everybody has a camera. So, you know, of course, you've got to learn to filter out the um, trash. Yeah, no, no. Um, but, yeah, like, yeah, 
speak free radio is doing great things. Um, um, discourse. Okay, so discourse basically is communication that conforms to the rules as well as reflects a particular social practice or ideological position. And we see with um, mainstream and mass media monopolies that they limit the discourse. Not out. Yeah. And a first class example of this is the Iraq war. Um, so during the run up to the Iraq war and during the first three weeks, pro-war US sources outnumbered anti-war sources by 25 to one. And of course, um, the media pushed this narrative that um, Iraq possessed weapons of mass destruction, which they later, you know, you know, all the officials admitted that that, that was nonsense. So that's a, that's a very dangerous thing with um, media. So it can be used to justify wars. Oh, my God. We just lived through it with the incredible uh, uh, gaslighting, lying uh, propaganda about the Jubonic Jujab and, and oh, you won't get sick and blah, blah, blah. I mean, we just witnessed right. one of the most obscene uh, lying campaigns ever concocted. Well, the media kept um, changing their narrative, didn't they? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, like as damage control. Yeah. Uh, agenda setting. Um, so, Here's a definition. Um, the media selectively highlights certain events and gives them prominence. The criteria for the selection depends very much on the ideology of the media editors and their vested interests. By highlighting certain events, an uncritical audience will perceive and construct the mediated reality as reality. And this is absolutely true. Yes. For example, the, the Holocaust is given tremendous prominence. While the um the the mass murders in the USSR, like the famines in um Ukraine and Russia, um that you were discussing earlier, um with your guests, they um yeah, they're completely like whitewashed and, and censored. Like there's been no like major movies about about those genocides. Um another example is Israel Palestine conflict. Um, you know, the, the media's always biased on the side of um, Israel. Um, although not, not always, but generally the mainstream media is right. uh, in the West. Yeah. So that's called agenda setting. That's absolutely. Well, it's funny that people will like think that, oh man, uh, back before, you know, when Walter Cronkite was on the news and with the, the uh, uh, Burns and, and, uh, 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 Carl, Carl, uh, what the hell was a uh, uh, Woodward and Burns, Bernstein, and but the funny thing is, is that it's always been agenda setting. There's been investigators yeah. who've looked into what went on with the run up to World War II. People forget that a majority of Americans didn't want America involved in World War II. They understood uh, it wasn't a war the United States should be involved in, and 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 same with. Uh, you know the the uh, the when the Pentagon Papers was released with Daniel Ellsberg and with the so-called uh, uh, the Watergate break-in, it was it's all so so uh, structured for a certain 
bigger message. And, and, and so even back then when people thought legit journalism was legitimate, it's never been that legitimate. Never, never. Right. Well, yeah. Well, speaking of, um, banks to war one and the banks to war two, uh, Woodrow Wilson and Franklin D Roosevelt were both like elected, um, like they both campaigned that, you know, they, they wouldn't, that's right. Um, they wouldn't go to war. And of course that they went to war. Yeah, but I think that's true. I think, you know, like most Americans remembered the First World War and they, they didn't want anything to do with it. Um, exactly. That yeah. was sad. It was basically a um, Jewish instigation, yeah. 100%, yeah. Fuck, it's so sad, man. It's um, heartbreaking, yeah. Yeah. Um, so next section, how media portrays groups of people? So as a case study... I cite the book Real Bad Arabs, How Hollywood Vilifies the People. So Jack Shaheen surveyed more than 900 films. It's like these is, This is like from early days of Hollywood until around like a century later, around the millennium when he wrote the book. And he concluded that almost all Hollywood depictions of Arabs are bad ones. You know, that they're portrayed as villains and, and terrorists and right. angry and so on. And even yeah. even innocent cartoons like Aladdin portray the, you know the Arabs as the, the antagonists, you know, as like you know unpleasant ways. So that's very insidious, you know. And we see the same thing with other groups: um, Germans, of course, Russians. Um, you know, given you know the World War Two and the Cold War, right? Um, British people. Uh, French people, you know, depicted as like cowards, you know, waving their white flags. Um, so this gets into the idea of priming. If people are coaxed into perceiving an idea one way, they will eventually be, be more pliant to the idea. So it's setting a stage for conflicts, wars, terrible. You know, encouraging hatred over long-term generations. And um, we hear so much about white privilege, and of course, Jews have light-coloured skin. Yes. Um, so it's 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 confusing when they talk about that. It's basically a de deflection um, tactic, very convenient. Um, yeah. Yeah, that here I have a perfect meme for <clears throat> the Jew, where the blacks blame whitey when they should be blaming Jewy. And, uh, oh, I got to take off. Uh, how do I? Let's see. Yeah. Um, let me. Hmm. How am I displaying that? Oh, it's in comments. Okay. Let me take that off a little bit. There you go. So there's the white European and there's the Jew. That's exactly. What yeah. I'm, one of my favorite <laughs> memes. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah. And it's so um, accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Propaganda. Propaganda, in the pejorative sense, can be defined as media which aims to normalize particular ideas or views and is not objective and welcoming of contrary critical analysis. So basically the media, mainstream uh, mainstream media, is, is pretty monolithic. You know, they don't, like all these different media outlets um, promote the same narratives, you know. It's basically, in a lot of ways, it's the same as it was like when when there was just one like television channel like back like back at the advent of television. Right. 
you know it's just like the illusion of choice well have you have you you've probably seen that brilliant uh where the deep state is writing the leads for all these local um uh news talking heads presenters you know in california all over and they all say exactly the same thing and the the videographer goes from one person saying it splits the screen to two then four then eight then 16 then 32 and it pretty soon it becomes a chorus and if it were true independent local journalism they'd all write their own lead there's no way in a million years they'd all say the exact same words the exact same way and yet proof positive it's being done all the time yeah unbelievable um truly is yeah and one reason films and by extension video and audio media and audio media in general have immense propaganda power is because the spoken word carries more emotional power than the written word right rhetoric relies on the emotional power of certain words and phrases to persuade people i think that's why like television uh, movies have been so impactful um, yeah. Well, look, a perfect example is the, 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 the nonsense lies of the Holocaust, right? Raul Hilberg in 1961 right. started a, a very effective, uh, public relations campaign talking about the Holocaust. And then you get the, uh, the maudlin hack, uh, uh, Steven Pedelberg does Schindler's list. And I guarantee you that 90, Eight out of a hundred Goyim who went to saw Schindler's List thought it was real and it was nonfiction. Schindler's List is a fiction book. It's a work of fiction. It has no basis in reality, really. So, what a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like Spielberg's movies personally. I think they're too um too melodramatic. Um, he, yeah, he's maudlin. He's yeah. saccharine. He's over the top. He's because uh, he's he's one cheesy, of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, cheesy. Exactly. He thinks he's uh, he thinks he gets it more than like I think. Else. Like a war movie should be gritty, you know. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But you, like you watch a movie like Schindler's List, and there's violence playing in the background. You know, the whole nine yards to um, pull on people's heartstrings. Yep. Yep. All about the feels. Yeah. And yep. that's how people operate their lives now, which is so ridiculous that it's um, yeah, it's just absurd. And tragic, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, and and not to mention Spielberg's other um documentary, the last was the last days, and um there's a documentary about that, the last days of the big lie, which is on HolocaustHandbooks.com, about how these eyewitnesses like um Irene Zisplat, the the diamond shitter, how she's just <laughs> com- completely like full of crap. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I mean, you you watch these clips of these the these these lying Jews, and they're lying to themselves. They actually believe it, right? Because right. they're 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 literally uh, psychopaths, and and it's just un- unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Conclusion. So I contend that the reason why the media is dishonest and deceptive is because it is largely controlled by Jews, and that's their 
that's the ideology that's necessary for them to maintain their hegemony. Yeah, and they absolutely. have a, and they have an astonishing record of, of lying, um, which goes all the way back to their religion and is all um, reinforced throughout their culture. Um, the next essay, dovetailing from that, Jewish control of media. So this this essay is not so much an essay; it's basically a compilation of Jewish media bosses, and um, you know, like a, a survey of different media outlets. So, you know, I concentrate on the English-speaking world. That's the data I have access to. Mm -hmm. um, so we have <clears throat> admissions by Jews and media luminaries. Um, let's see. So writer Charles Silberman noted in 1985, um, Jews now hold all seven of the top editorial positions at the Jewish-owned New, New York Times. Silberman found a similar pattern of Jewish hegemony in other major newspapers and in television, and he said, the greatest concentration of Jews on television he found to be among, quote, the producers who decide which stories will go on the air and how long and in what order they will run. Exactly yeah. right. Uh, and there's more quotes here. There's, of course, a f uh, famous book, An Empire of Their Own, How the Jews Invented Hollywood, by Neil uh, Gabler, Gabler, I'm not sure how to pronounce that surname, uh, published in 1988. Um, but Gabler himself, like he's, you know, denounces, oh, this is not, this is not about Jewish um, supremacists in this book. Like, despite like what, what, you know, what he actually says. <laughs> um, the Times of Israel um, published an article in 2016, who said Jews run Hollywood? And they mentioned a lack of diversity in Hollywood, um, taking into consideration um, Jewish overrepresentation. By the way, I'm on page 48. Okay. Um, well, I just grabbed a, a, a graphic from the the courageous lads at uh, Goyam TV, Go, which is I think it's Goyam Flyers, and every single aspect of the media is Jewish. And right now, the Jew Tom Rothman. Uh, control Sony CEO, Bob Backus CEO of Paramount Global, Charlie Collier CEO of Fox Entertainment, Brian Roberts CEO of Comcast, David Zaslaw President CEO of Discovery yeah. Inc., Bob Iger CEO, and those are the six giant media conglomerates now, and right. every one of them is run by. Uh, a Jew with uh, an agenda that is not serving our best interests. Well, it's, it's, I also should point out that it's quite easy to verify that a lot of these people are Jewish. Like you can look at their bios on Wikipedia or whatever. Right? Yes. But also there's, I suspect there's a lot of like crypto Jews, people who don't say they're Jewish who are also involved. So I, I suspect that the, the real numbers are actually higher. I agree. Um, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you mentioned those like um, this this media monopoly. So it's Sony, Paramount, Fox, Comcast. I can't read this other one. Something Discovery, Discovery Warner Brothers Discovery. Discovery. Yeah, Walt yeah Warner Brothers. Discovery, so right. sociologist Johan Goltung, he stated in a Norwegian periodical. This was back in two thousand and nine that six Jewish companies control ninety six percent of the media, and these were Walt Disney Company, Time Warner, Viacom, News Corporation. Sony Corporation and, and Bertelsmann, and Bertelsmann published books and stuff. Um, 
And of course, yeah, we could also add like Comcast and Netflix. And in an interview with the Israeli newspaper Haaretz in 2012, Galtung pointed out that Jewish media control is problematic because they limit the discourse about anything in which they have a vested interest. Yes. Absolutely. And I detail, you know, the history of, of you know, like um, Jewish media control, how they um, brought up the media and so on. Um, let's see. So we got like 10 minutes, roughly. Um, just give me a moment. Sure, of course. Yeah, what's fascinating is is uh, on the one hand, you know, uh, that Jewish reporter will say, I don't care if anybody talks about uh, how Jews control Hollywood as long as we keep doing so, right? And then Joel Stein, on the yep. other, yeah, yeah, on the other side of their mouth, they talk about, oh, no, the Jews don't. They're, they're such pathological, psychopathic liars. They can't even keep their own lies straight because it, it's unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they're very skilled at lying. Um, yes. Compared to other people. Um, yeah. Um, so, Jewish control of American news media. So, I start with the big three television networks, namely NBC, CBS, and ABC. And they're all garbage. So, let me yes. read out this uh, paragraph on I'll just do NBC the national broadcasting company was founded in 1926 by the Jew David Sarnoff nowadays it is owned by Comcast which was also founded by three Jews Ralph Roberts Daniel Aaron and Julian Brodsky David Sarnoff's son Robert Sarnoff would later become president of NBC nepotism other names include Brian L. Roberts Chairman and CEO of Comcast, David L. Cohen, is the Executive Vice President of Comcast, Jeffrey Zucker, President and CEO of NBC Universal, Jeff Shell, NBC Universal CEO, Bonnie Hammer, Chair of NBC Universal Content Studios, Ronald Meyer, Vice Chairman of NBC Universal, Andrew Lack, Chairman of NBC News and MSNBC, Fred Silverman, President and CEO of NBC. Neil Shapiro, president of NBC News, Noah Oppenheim, president of NBC News, Vivian Schiller, senior vice president and chief digital officer for NBC News, Jeff Gaspin, chairman of NBC Entertainment, Robert Greenblatt, chairman of NBC Entertainment, Jennifer Salk, president of NBC Entertainment, Mark Lazarus, chairman of NBC Universal Television and Streaming, Andrea Mitchell, NBC News Chief Foreign Affairs and Chief Washington Correspondent. Richard Engel, NBC's Chief Foreign Correspondent. Marvin Kalb, host of Meet the Press. Rachel Maddow, host of NBC's The Rachel Maddow Show. Ari Malber, host of NBC's The Beat with Ari Malber. Jerry Springer, host of NBC's The Jerry Springer Show. Matthew Lauer, co-host of NBC's Today Show. Seth Myers, host of NBC's Late Night with Seth Myers, Lorne Michaels Lipowitz, uh, creator of NBC's Saturday Night Live, and I also have a, a paragraph uh, on CBS, 
ABC, CNN as well. So, yeah, well, I mean, it just and goes let me add, forever. you know, for the taking over the children's mind, Brian Levine, head of Nickelodeon, uh, <laughs> uh, the CW. Uh, Mark Pedowitz, chairman and CEO, Vice, the new uh, social media and so-called news network, Nancy Dubak, Jew CEO, and then you've got uh, um, uh, Time Time Magazine, Ed Felsenall, editor-in-chief, Jew. Yeah. TMZ, that trashy Harvey Levin, Jewish lawyer, started that. I mean, you yeah. just uh, Fandango, yeah. Paul Yanover, CEO, Jewish. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's Fox Sports, Mark Silverman, Fox uh, Entertainment, Charles Collier, uh, we could uh, Bento yeah. Box, which is a hot new thing. Scott Greenberg, founder and CEO. I mean, uh, I think yeah. most people don't take these seriously anymore. Yeah, yeah. even though they're really, I mean, they're very rich um, companies, but yeah. Um, and then I um, <sighs> next newspapers, uh, New York Times. Um, Historically being the most important newspaper in the USA has won almost twice as many Pulitzer Prizes as its nearest competitor. Right. Pulitzer Prizes are journalism awards named after the Jew, Joseph Pulitzer. And and I think, you know, a lot of the recipients of those awards are just phonies. Like they're, they're, oh, those without were, a doubt. Those, yeah. those um, awards are worth mud. <laughs> I completely agree, yeah. Yeah, uh, same with Nobel Prizes. <laughs> Oh, that's another uh, a <laughs> like, Nobel like, Peace Prize created by the guy who created dynamite. That's, that's like like yeah, you like I'm just like a lot of oh, it's just so dis it's so like despicable. Like Kissinger won a Nobel Peace Prize for um you know bombing like civilians in um you know Southeast Asia. Um, I think Obama won. Yeah, he did that. The, the yeah. closeted homosexual and promoting wars in the Middle East. Yeah, yeah, Barry um, Barry Sotero. <laughs> yeah, Barry Sotero. <laughs> yeah, um, Albert Einstein. I think he he probably I don't even know he probably won one, but um, he, I mean E equals MC squared was, squared was copied from Samuel Tolver Preston, exactly who, who came up yeah. with that like decades before Einstein. It's just it's just um the the, the bullshit is just like so saturated like. Yeah, I mean, Einstein um, I, was I a mean, bright... I find this kind of, I find, can't find this kind of exhausting going through. It is exhausting. It's like, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Um, Einstein is a per example. He is an incredibly bright human, but he stole everyone else's work and, and, and brought it into his own and took credit like he thought of it. I mean, if Einstein had, uh, 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 you know, carefully footnoted where he was getting all these ideas from and gave credit you we could respect him but no the jew media props up across and, and einstein was cross-dressing decades before it was socially acceptable uh you know so i don't know man you're it is exhausting because everywhere you look you've got this fraction yeah. of the global population what is it this even if you're generous the global population of jews we've just gone over to eight billion humans is 0.0001% of the population. And yet these parasites, this, this psychopathic, satanic death cult, child torturing, child rape, child murder cult, it, it yeah. controls just about everything these days. It's just insane. So continuing on, Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, 
Huffington Post, Breitbart, Time Magazine, and various other magazines such as The Nation, The Atlantic, The New Yorker, Foreign Policy, National Geographic, film production companies, The Big Five, Paramount, Warner Brothers, Walt Disney, Sony, um, Universal, Paramount, Columbia, Disney, MGM, TriStar, 20th Century Fox, New Line Cinema, Miramax, uh, Imagine Entertainment, Regency Enterprises, DreamWorks Pictures, Sony, which was originally co-founded in 1946 in Japan. Right. Um, by Masaru Ibuka and Akio Morita. I maybe butchered this. But, you know, that was a, an organ you know, organic sort of Japanese um, um, company. And then, you know, unsurprisingly, it was co-opted and subverted now um, president per halber jew controls sony so yeah. and and even at the top tom thing. of sony pictures yeah 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 now the bbc um the british brainwashing corporation <laughs> um yeah it just goes well, on forever well chris um, we've run out of time we've got to have you back uh uh soon because we barely scratched the surface go to right. chris caskey caskie.podia.com and buy the war against Goyam and support this brilliant young courageous author. Chris, thank you so much. I'll be in Thanks touch for having me. And we'll have you back again uh, in, in the next four or six weeks. Asylum with Giuseppe, the G-Man.